welcome to another episode of Soapbox. With me is my co-host slash the guy I happen to drag along with me through everything thick and thin, the Mark Rob. Yo, 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 what's up? What's good? And our two guests, two teachers in two very different uh, environments. We've got the most winningest uh, teacher in West Virginia. Angel Conley. Hi. And we have Bronx P up here in Boston, who is one of my best friends. That's just enough. That's enough. Salutations. So what I wanted to get into tonight was talking more about the first week that Angel just had in our current environment and you France as you're building up to it what you're seeing so Angel you are a history social studies teacher what are the grades you teach again I teach 8th grade 8th grade solid 8th grade yes that's it just 8th grade how many students um most you see we have about 270 in the grade and I see about half of them so like 135 oh yeah yeah that's a lot of students it is. It's a lot. So that's one of the things I was talking about last time. She has almost as many students in one grade as a lot of Boston public schools have in one school. <laughs> so, Franz, uh, what grades are you in charge of? I'm all of them. High school, um, freshmen to seniors, we have a total... Last year, our number was at 2,400 total students. Um, I'm responsible for 188 of them as a counselor. Um, and I think that 2,400 has may have gone up or down pending if parents have sent their children to um, private school because there's no real answer what's happening within the next two weeks. Okay, so, uh, Angel, since you're already back in it, what situation did they plan to have you guys go through? Are you full in? Are you half in? Are you all out? Well, that is a fantastic question because we have been changing a lot over the last month. We finally mm -hmm. got a um, approved version from because ours all had to be reported to the State Department. And um, so our kids in our county have four options to choose from. Oh, there's a fourth they, option? Yes, we have four options in our county. Yeah, and uh, in West Virginia, it's a county-by-county county basis. Like, yeah. unless the governor closes us or puts us in the red, as it call, is called, um, we got to create it as a county. So our county, the options are um, the blended learning option, which means that the kids will go, at, well, elementary and middle school will go every other day. Mm -hmm. um, based on their last name. So A through L will go the first day, and then the second day we'll see last names N through Z. And that's our blended learning approach. The second option is they can choose to be five day a week distance learning, and that's through Mon County. So Mon County teachers will be teaching teaching um, the kids whatever subject um, they need, whether it be middle school or elementary or whatever there is. And then um, the third option is we also have a virtual option through the state department, which is a little bit different. Um, through the county, they get 
two hours a day of live availability per teacher that they have. And then through the state department, it's actually self-paced. So it's a semester's worth of work given starting at the beginning of the year. And then they can kind of pace themselves through it. And it's due by the end of the semester. And then, of course, our fourth option that um, is sometimes explored is homeschooling. So they withdraw and they do an intent to homeschool. Mm. And that would be the curriculum is completely and solely provided by the parents. And there's normally either some kind of portfolio presented at the end of the year or they uh, participate in standardized testing to prove their knowledge base was achieved. Hmm. So. Wow. I, I think that's a dope, uh, the whole thing. Like, if one county can't do it, then the next county will be doing this. So you have, those are amazing options. Yeah, I agree. It's nice. Actually, we had a big uproar here because originally they said they were going to give a locally um, a local distance option, and then when the option came out, we are, the original option was just the five-day week or going with the virtual through the state, and parents did not like that option. They wanted their yeah. child to be able to stay home and have a local teacher that they could easily correspond with. So we actually, just this week, um, were presented with the Mon County local option, but it's going to be very interesting how it plays out because um, we're teaching classes all day, every day. So um, the virtual option, or the, I should say, I shouldn't say virtual, the Mon County distance option is going to be extra duty contracts. So teachers will apply to do virtual. They have to give up their planning period um, and sign off that they're okay with that because they're going to be paid for it. And then they have to have another. So that's the hour during the school day they have to be available is during their planning. And then they have to give up another hour in the evening to be available um, Monday through Friday as well that's 10 hours a week they're they're given and then they also have five hours um that they'll be paid for for planning and grading each week you know what this still sounds so much more structured than what i've heard from bps because and mm. and i know bps isn't like a major school system in comparison to like the large counties that you guys have in like west virginia and even texas mm-hmm. Not gunshots happening. Oh, I can hear them too. It's, it's like fire. oh, it's yeah. it's like it sounds like chewing or something. I don't know what that is. No, no, no. There were fireworks actually going off, and I was like, oh, no. "Excuse me, I'm sorry." The hood was calling. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I was saying that BPS doesn't have anything that seems that well structured so far we we have the full remote we have a partial remote and we have full in and right now they're looking at um breaking it up in a way that they're looking for the students that need to be in the schools most so kids with ieps and uh, you know they would be the first ones to get full in and the partial would be some plan that they haven't really figured out and i'm still uncertain on how they're planning to do the remote learning when you know the teachers are there's you know it's very odd very weird and it's a complaint that i've pushed up to through the schools itself and bps mm-hmm. but you know every time i talk to you about your school system i'm like why are we so far behind what is the absolute fuck? And they talk bad about 
And it, and it was trying to highlight how our school system is amazing. So you guys ended the year with um, what I would even call an advanced remote school learning system. How are you guys going into the new school year with a remote system and a partial remote system? Um, well, our end of the year was a little crazy, to be honest. We were out um, from the second week in March all the way through the end of the year. And we did something, well, our county did something that probably wasn't that great for our children was that they sent a letter out to all parents that said that their child in the fourth nine weeks could not earn anything less than what they earned in the third nine weeks. Mm -hmm. So you have kids who earned A's in the third nine weeks and they knew they couldn't get anything less. So they just stopped doing anything in the first nine weeks. Wow. There was accountability. I mean, so if you we're didn't... heading into it. I mean, like, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, to think that, that they sent a letter that said that. It's like you can't fail at this point. They were like, oh, you great. can't. I mean, we had kids who turned in nothing and they had an A in the third nine weeks. So they had to get an A in the nice. fourth nine weeks. It was, it was required. So, um, yeah, so this is a little, I think. I'm worried for some students because um, we're going back into full accountability mode. Mm -hmm. So it'll be either you do it or you don't do it and you're getting graded on what that is. So I worry for them because we had that kind of breakdown of uh, <laughs> the whole school system, I feel like at the end of the year. So yeah. this will be interesting to see how the kids come back with accountability. Um, I, for me, everything's a little bit terrifying right now because I, I just walked into my classroom this week and um, everything's moved. I lost all my tables that yep. um, I had. Um, and so, and, and I know I'm only getting half the, the students at a time, but now I have desks. And um, so dealing with figuring out uh, just the, the logistics of things and trying to figure out how I'm going to bring them and reel them back in from uh, an end of the year where there was basically no, no accountability is, is a little daunting right now for mm -hmm. me. So, um, but yeah, just everything, seeing everything, um, getting my teacher care package that I got this week. What is the teacher um, care package? Oh, it was a bag full of what they gave us for, I guess, the, the semester or the year. They didn't really tell us yet. It had a roll of paper towels. Oh. A bottle of spray disinfectant, mm -hmm. a pack of Clorox wipes that had 35 wipes, mm -hmm. um, and five disposable face masks. And how long has that lasted? I, yeah, I asked them if I if that was for my first week of school, and they kind of laughed at me. Wow. So, um, so what, what's that for, though? Because I'm like, <laughs> um, they said they didn't know when we get another round of supplies, so to use that. Um, Sparingly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, question. Is there a reimbursement policy? Because it sounds like you might need to get some extra. No, there is not in that sense. I have been trying to go pick up wipes and um mm -hmm. and uh hand sanitizer for the kids. So I've been anywhere I can find it, I've been picking it up. You're going to like, be like using wipes and hand sanitizers like cigarettes in prison. Yes, that's what it's gonna be like. It's gonna be um yeah, it is. It's a little crazy. And they gave us a face shield on Friday or Thursday before I left. So we did get a face shield as well. So, okay, yeah, extremely cute in a mask and a face shield. I've come to the conclusion of I think it's going to be a new style for me. Do they have any estimates, Angel, of how many kids you're actually going to be getting in the classroom? 
Actually, um, we're going to find out later this week because um, parents are supposed to be, we sent out a survey to parents at the beginning of this week when we found out that the remote was going to be an option. So they were given um, a, they're supposed to go on and um, either make their decision, basically. They're supposed to commit to one of those ideals by Tuesday this week. Mm -hmm. So anybody who doesn't commit, we're ruling that they're coming. Like we're, we're assuming they're coming because they have to sign up for something else if they're not coming. So by Tuesday, they're going to, by Tuesday at noon, they have to commit what they're going to do. And then we'll reevaluate our numbers um, and find out how many kids we have for, um, for class and per grade and all, all that good stuff. And yeah. That's a survey that should have been done like July. So they can have a yeah, good that's what we were feeling too. We were feeling that way as well. I mean, mind you, we've heard we've been changing options, mm-hmm. and I mean, since the end of June, we've had all these different logistics. And then West Virginia also has this color-coded map that we're following, which is weird. I mean, I doubt oh. you guys have heard anything about it, but it's. I remember you posted it, and it's really weird on how they're they're structuring it. Oh yeah, it's a it's a green, yellow, orange, red map, and we only go full remote if it's red and uh, orange and yellow, and mm-hmm. <laughs> there are just these in betweens with the uh, ideals of you know you need to beef up what you're doing or and then this week um, I'm sure you all heard that uh, Trump uh, did officially name teachers as essential workers oh, yeah nice. i heard about that right. I, I, actually i woke up to that news they can logistically choose to not close the schools in their entirety because we're essential workers so that's something of course we got a new plan this week from the west virginia uh health and human resources about you know how they're going to deal with you know a single covid um uh, test or you know multiple and it looks like Instead of what we were hearing before, which was closing down um, schools based on numbers, that may not happen. They may only quarantine individuals or individual classes that we may be coming back in a building that may not be, may have had multiple people have COVID and still have to go back. And yeah, yeah, there's a lot. That's a, there's a lot and it leaves a lot to fear as well. Mm -hmm. It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that we're worried about, like, you know, because of FERPA. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to, like, if a kid has COVID, yeah. they technically don't have to tell you. Wait. So you could be, ex- yeah, because it's, it's kind of like HIPAA, but for children. Yeah. So what happens is um, if, if my student gets sick and I'm exposed, like, I know that he didn't come to school today. To me, it's just an absence. Mm-hmm. So if I get sick a couple of days later, then, you know, I don't know if I got from this student or somebody else because they're protected in the law. So her first, but like, they don't have to let you know, like, well, you know, Timmy didn't come to school today because he had the COVID. He just didn't come to school today. Hmm. See, uh, so the other so <laughs> the other thing that I was wondering, because in Massachusetts, they were talking about um, one of the rules was for ventilation. Did you guys have to go through that, uh, Angel? Um, yeah, we, we got, um, <laughs> we got, uh, uh, well, we got our nice welcome back package when we got back, but, um, oh my God, I really started... wonder, like, are they really just setting up Thunderdomes? Is, is, 
like God. little spells of thunder. I God. love her. It's amazing. I love her answers because I feel like we're probably going through the same thing because we had a whole HVAC um, testing for all the schools in our district. Yeah. And I'm at the high school and we got a complete F. Ooh, wow. Um, they raised with <laughs> ours with like, they said that the units break it down on a scale, like the, the ventilation is done on a scale of like one to 20 on how well it filters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even that 20 is the best, you know, the filtering. Um, and the repetitive filtering to keep any kind of particles out. So, and they clearly, and they, they openly told us that on a scale of one to 20, our building filters at an eight. So, I wasn't too excited about that news, especially because my classroom has no window. And so I was like, okay, you're going to tell me on a scale of one to 20, we filter at an eight. So yes. And they said that's acceptable based on the guidelines of, um, What's acceptable with the building levels? So, yeah. so we don't need percent. You know, like we don't want our kids to fail, but basically our, our air system does. So, so um, actually the room that you're in, they would actually be closing that in the BPS because they said that they're not going to open any of the rooms that don't have windows. And oh, it's very interesting because uh, BPS doesn't, most of the schools don't have central air. So mm-hmm. all of the rooms have to have at least one window that can open. And they're all supposed to have a fan in there to help circulate the air. And I'm like, this is this is starting to sound like there's going to be an introduction of new distraction at the same time. Because I don't know if you've had, oh, yeah. if you remember having a fan on on a really hot day in a, in a classroom, but it's really loud and it drones and the kids are just like, turn that shit off. I'd rather sweat. And we're actually not allowed to open our windows this year if, they, if we have them because they said it interrupts the filtration process. Oh, great. Oh, great. Yeah, so we are supposed to keep the windows closed. Angel, what kind of protection are teachers given as far as a teacher says, you know, I don't feel safe with coming in? Like, is there any sort of job security that you guys have or is it is it all like well we'll let you go if you don't want to come in well we've had we've had different responses about that like originally the governor when because i don't know if you guys know west virginia governor justice is having like daily press conferences yeah so we've been hearing like we hear from that level like he he started with um you know things are going to look different in different counties um but we want um you know, people to feel safe. So I have a friend who teaches with me at my middle school and she has a respiratory illness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so technically she's at high risk because she shouldn't be here this year. But um, she emailed our, you know, to find out what her alternative was. And they basically told her she did not have one. Wow. Um, She needed to be teaching in the classroom. Now, I know I'm really good friends with our um, union, our county union leader. And so I know they've been collecting um, names along with like doctors scripts, you know, saying that they shouldn't be like that they're high risk and they shouldn't be in the classroom. And I know one of the things they wanted to approach our superintendent about was since we're going to have, you know, the virtual learning or I'm sorry, the distance learning. I got to learn my terminology because virtual (laughs) distance, then I confuse people. Um, But we're going to have the distance learning option, you know, uh, one of the things they were going to try to push for was that 
teachers who were immunocompromised because we have teachers who face cancer and, you know, mm-hmm. finished chemo. Teachers who live so they life. were going to try to have, yeah, I mean, so they were going to try to have them be, you know, first on the front lines to teach the distance learning and let them use that as their position and let them teach distance and not have to not get an extra duty contract, but just let them teach it and um, let other people take over their uh, in-person learning. But so far we have not had any of that approved as of yet. Yeah. On my end, I actually know, I can't name the school, unfortunately, um, but I know someone that actually wasn't invited back because they weren't, because they didn't feel safe and, they're actually in the process of trying to have a child mm-hmm. and they they weren't invited back for this coming school year they said hey there'll be a job for you next year so well that's that's good i mean we do well, have teachers who've taken leave mm-hmm. and they have we uh, that's been kind of sketchy for us too because some teachers leaves have been approved to take for the either like half a year or a full year because they have to basically allow you to take, a, if, as long as you can provide a reasonable um, reason for taking a year, you can take up to a year unpaid and still have your job held for the next mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So um, we have, we've had several teachers and um, we've had lots of, actually our, one of my counselors took a year leave. Um, we have one math teacher who's, who's taken the rest of her year off for her child who was just born she decided to take the year we have one in my grade who's pregnant and due in two weeks so she's going to be off for half the year um so we get a lot of teachers who are taking leave but the problem is it's leaving gaps and holes that we're not sure if we're going to be able to fill because we don't even have a high list of substitutes right now that we're going to actually that feel comfortable coming in subbing in the building so that's going to be another big concern as well that's another issue that we have going on you know i've um, that that actually was going to run up into my other question because I, mm-hmm. so you know we normally talk about subs coming in, mm-hmm. coming in to help out but yeah. you now have subs who can actually take on this position of you know the remote learning teacher are they mm-hmm. planning on hiring them as such or no mm-hmm. no <laughs> we can barely get subs that'll say that they'll um we had some entertaining conversations about this because we don't, we don't have that many subs in our county now. When I started subbing uh, 10 plus years ago, we had 450 subs on our sub list, which was a huge amount. Because we're in a county that, of course, graduates uh, you know, from the teacher ed program at WVU. And we have Fairmont State right, right next to us. And we can't even get subs. And we were told this year that if they can't find a sub that the administration or members from the board office would come and fill in for our class. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Which I can't, I can't even imagine that ever happening. That's, that's like because, ever seeing like yeah. your, the CEO of something coming way down. Yeah. Coming in like, oh yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll help jump on the lunch line. You're like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like I said, I hate to say that it's amusing, but it is because I can't imagine. I mean, they told us some schools actually were told that they would not approve any personal days for. Now, I haven't heard this yet from mine, but they would not approve any personal days for the first nine weeks at all. Wow. So, because they said it's a lack of numbers of stuff. Now, I haven't heard that from my principal, so 
but I heard it from several other in the county because they said they don't have enough coverage. So are the teachers for, uh, are the teachers unions basically neutered at this point? Because it seems like you know this is one of the things where teachers unions should stand up. You should be able to gather the force of the thousands of teachers you have behind you and say, hey, we need to fix these conditions you guys are trying to put us into and, you know, make things safer or at least a bit more, uh, a bit less vague so that, you know, what you're well, doing. Yeah, the vagueness is very, very hard. I know our, our, our union leader at the local level has been working very, very hard and I felt very bad for her this year because, well, especially this summer because she's been denied um, meetings with the superintendent. Like she scheduled several meetings. He won't meet with her. Um, And I think it's because there's so much um, turmoil going on between, you know, his decision-making and the board of education decision-making and what's happening at the state level that they don't even know how to piece it all together. Um, I think the unions have felt very, unincluded i think because these because they've tried to force their way in but no one's listening Mm. but then they've also been asking us like are we to the level where we would want to strike and and most like for a safety strike of course not like strike strike but like safety strike and but I, i don't think they're getting a good response on that either because people are so unsure of how things are happening that they're not even getting a good response on you know that we'd have the numbers to safety strike at this point. You know, that... Although I'm sure you've seen across the country, there's lots of countries who, or lots of states that have been having sick outs yeah. and, I've, you know, different areas. But I don't think locally we've had that kind of number. Those kind of numbers. It's funny because I feel like the sick outs might be, like, the easiest way to do it. But, you know, it's not like when we're seeing it being done in the hospital. Well, actually, the hospitals actually, when they do that, there's there's a lot of people whose lives are on the line. But... Right. Um, like, you know, children are literally defenseless. And mm-hmm. this is something where we're expecting them to support you to support these kids. And you've got nothing. Your back's to the wall yeah. and they're putting you in front of the fi- uh, uh, bacterial firing squad. And yeah. there's nothing. It is a very helpless feeling, especially... Um, I'm worried about my kids, especially kids with IEPs, because I know, of course, right now, I mean, they're the ones who need to be in school the most, but we still have many parents with kids with IEPs that don't want to send their kids, but they feel like, like you said, they're backed against the wall because they don't know how to help their kid at home um, because they can't get the full support of an IEP through distance learning, no matter how hard they try. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be, you know, just a, I mean, an ongoing battle it is right now anyway, so... I don't know. I think I'm worried for the kids. I'm worried for the parents. I'm worried for my teacher friends. I'm worried for my family. My daughter's not even going to school this year. And I've told many, many people that I'm not afraid to say that. I don't feel comfortable sending her. She's in first grade. Uh, Kel and I went through a, a big, long process and discussion about this. And I'm better equipped at keeping myself protected. And I, I, I won't put that on a six-year-old. Yeah, I won't. Six-year-old just she's not going. wants to hug and be happy, and this she does. school is not about and, to have that. Well, and that's what, you know, I've had all these parents, you know, talking to me, and I keep getting the same response from parents. I'm sending my kid back because my child needs some sort of normalcy, yeah. and I've tried to tell them in the nicest way, 
school is not going to be normal. School's going to be far from normal. And no one wants to hear me. And and I understand childcare is an issue. I totally understand because I am a parent where my family doesn't live in the area. You're a working parent. You know, I don't have people. You know, we both work. Kelly and I both work. And we don't have people who can can watch my child. And I have been blessed in a situation that actually I run with my history bowl team. One of my moms from my last year's team volunteered to watch Aaliyah because she works from home mm-hmm. and she said she'd keep her. And like I said, it's been it's been my saving grace because I, as a parent, would not send my child into this. There is nothing in this world that would make me do that. Mm-hmm. Um. So the question I have for you, since uh, you are a parent as well, and uh, Sadly, neither Franz or Mark are given that sort of um, Ooh, yeah. responsibility yet. That blessing. <laughs> we'll say ble- we'll, we'll say, say blessing we'll in the say. biblical sense because it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of hell and hellfire before the Holiday. nice things happen. Combination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to go through eighteen terrible ass years. But anyway, so <laughs> as a parent, when you are watching this, you know, because sometimes you have to turn off the work mode and think from the yeah. parent mode. In the parent mode, yeah. when you were looking at all of this, what did you, what was your response? Um, I think from the parent perspective, uh, one I had to think about, um, first and foremost, I was thinking about health and safety. Mm-hmm. You know, education. I hear a lot of people making the statement of, their mental health and their educational gaps. And I've tried to explain even, you know, from the parents still knowing the teacher perspective that when I send my child this year and she can't sit with her friends and she's not supposed to hug and she can't play on playground equipment Mm -hmm. and they can't go to their music class Mm -hmm. and they can't do their art stuff. And she doesn't get to go to the cafeteria and they're not allowed to check out library books. Right there, I'm making a devastating list for my child who is going to have to go back into the educational system at some point. And I can't imagine how terrifying it would be to love school as much as she does and be sent into this and wearing a mask and trying to keep it on all day and trying to do activities where you can't touch things. I mean, the list is endless. And then people try to tell me that the mental health issues and that's why they need to be in school and the educational gaps, mental health issues are going to arise from the the fact that this is not normal and this is not the typical educational system. Going to school and hearing your friend has COVID or a teacher in the school has COVID or someone is sick is not a normal setting. And, you know, I I don't want her to have to face that. I mean, there may be, there may never be an outbreak at her school this year. But that's not that's not a game I'm willing to play. That's not a risk I'm willing to take. Um, education gaps. My philosophy in that is we can always recover from mm-hmm. those. We can always recover from education gaps. But if my child gets sick and there's permanent damage done to her lungs or there's something that she can't recover from, I could not live with myself for that. How so education? And anything else can be recovered. How are they even doing lunches? Like, like I feel like the general public oh, doesn't even kind of consider well, even that. Yeah. Well, it depends on the school. Like elementary school where she would be going, they're doing lunch in the classroom and they'll bag the lunches and they'll bring them on a cart 
and the kids will get their lunches and they'll eat in their classroom. Which is, again, is another safety risk for their teacher because even if they've had masks on all day, they're now going to take those masks off and uh, the particles or whatever they have are now going to be put out into the air. So they're going to be sharing that out. They're going to be, I mean, like uh, breathing in a small space, several of them together. At the middle school level where I teach, we are going to have two lunches this year. Mind you, we have three grades, but eighth grade is eating by themselves. That'll mean about 135 kids in the cafeteria um, at a is time. More, we have about is that more or less than what there would normally be in the cafeteria? 270 would normally be in together, but um, in this they've they've recreated our lunch schedule. So sixth and seventh grade now will eat together. So that means there will be 270 together in that grouping. Now normally we would have close to 400 in that grouping, uh. but because we're happy in the kids. We're still having lunches. They've tried to create more opportunities for them to be able to eat in different places this year. They're not just the cafeteria. We have an outdoor setting. We have a couple extra rooms where they can go in and eat. We have a new setting uh, in two different areas. So they're trying to spread them out. But the whole thing is they keep not looking past the fact that they're going to take their masks off. Mm -hmm. Anything they're breathing is now going into the air. We have 12 teachers on lunch duty. These kids will then move throughout the building and then whatever they had, they've now shared it with everyone they've been in a close proximity to. So um, health and safety standards. There's not much in my mind that you can convince me that that's the healthiest or safest way for kids to be doing anything, to be honest. And in my, my, and it's if we do, and it's called a hybrid, so basically, we go from 8 to 12, and at 12, basically, pick up your lunch and leave with it. But I'm like, you're going to be on a school bus. Oh. Yeah. So it is what it was happening. The, so you said on the school bus. I'm thinking about how horrible this is from the beginning. Um, well, my school, I'll tell you, my school is overcrowded. All right? we have, a lot of schools are. We have two large cafeterias and they're it's so overcrowded that in a normal lunch that we have kids actually on the floor in the hallways eating mm -hmm. we have tables in the hallway that are congested and full like there is no way to manage 2400 children and to keep them with their masks at all times and now my fear is that you know it's going to be the point where you know you might get in trouble to tell the child to put on their mask because that's going to be considered bullying. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah, I'm waiting to hear about that too. Cause we, that was one of the things that teachers want to address before the year starts is what do I do when the kid won't wear their mask? Mm -hmm. And um, that's a big concern of mine. Cause I don't want them in my room if they're not going to wear their mask. Yeah. Um, that's my safety. That's my family's safety. And I, I, I feel like I've given up a lot of my liberties as is in relation to, you know, coming back to school and, and embracing the fact that this was not what I signed up for as a teacher. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I won't compromise on is I will not have a student in my room without a mask. And the administration is going to have to deal with that. Um, we are a county that mandated masks. So that means it will be mandated in our school. So that kind of helps me and saves me um, in that sense. But I will not, there will not be kids in my room without that helps and, and if they that. That helps and saves you in up to the point where the parent understands and passes that down. Because there's a lot of places where masks are mandated and people still mm -hmm. refuse to wear them. 
So if mm-hmm. the parents and adults refuse to wear them, the kids are going to be like, my parents don't wear it. They don't force me to wear it. Right. Why do I have to wear it in school? School is, you guys are, I'm paying for your job, like some of these uh, very privileged kids have said. Yeah, we do that. That's what I've heard. And that's, uh, that's the problem in our county. Because we're, we have a lot of liberals, but we have a good amount of conservatives too. And mm-hmm. the liberal side is kind of siding with the conservative. But it's kind of like, you want your kids to go to school. I get it. But, you know, like Angel said, there's nothing about it being normal. Right. At the end of the day, I just feel like, you know, parents aren't able to teach their children and they feel inferior and they're getting tired of looking dumb in front of their children. Right? And they want to send them off. Like, that's, that's not the case. I, I right. know I can't teach my son who's about to go into ninth grade. Uh, God bless. And I, yeah, I know I, I can't cool. teach him anything. And I don't, I personally don't feel inferior because of it. I feel bad for the people who get stuck on fifth grade math, but I don't feel bad because, you know, fuck it, that's your fault. Um, <laughs> but I get it. And I also get that that's when you have to sit there and make sure that you support the teachers even more. So, right. the, the, so my question is, what do you want to see as something for support of you as a as a teacher and part time healthcare provider for these kids now. <laughs> I just like to honestly see more parental support because one of the things that I saw as a downfall in the spring was um, I was I almost felt like I was being a teacher and a parent because you know when I'm calling parents and telling them that they're and, and that's what I was doing all spring as I'm calling parents. When there's no work getting done, I'm calling parents. And and I get frustrated because I'm like, listen, I can't do everything. I can teach your child. I can help them with assignments. I answered emails. I was answering things at 1030 at night because that's when, you know, kids were finally getting things, you know, worked on or whatever. I didn't even care about that. The fact is when I'm calling and I'm, I'm hearing from the parent, like, I, I don't know if my kids are in their work. And I'm like, listen. I will teach your child. I will bend over backwards, whatever I have to do to help them get the content. But you've got to be the parent and you've got to lay down the law and say that this work has to be done. It's important. And if you don't put a value on them learning and getting an education, then there's not much I can do from whether they're sitting in my classroom, whether they're doing it remotely, what whatever how, whatever form they're doing. But I'm I need for parents to realize that Education is so much more than just going to school. Yes. I think this is it kind is. of revealed teachers are more parents than actual parents. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like it's revealed this in a lot of different ways. It we're, is. It's we're, we're so true. And mm-hmm. we're teachers, like, and mental health workers. Like, there's, yeah. you're not just a teacher. You play, you wear many hats in the day. And yes. they just think, they take it for granted. Oh, yes, I agree. Sometimes I know I'm the only caring adult that some of these kids see. And that's why I I do continue to reach out and I do continue to care. And I email and I email and I call and I call and I text or I do whatever, you know, because I do care about them. But sometimes I do need parents to realize, listen, I can't do all that on my own. I am with your child so many hours a day. But listen, you still have to be the parent and you still have to push for their education and you still have to believe in them. And help mm-hmm. them see that it's important. <clears throat> so, uh, last thing, uh, what was the weirdest thing that you 
happen to watch in one of your Zoom meetings with your kids? <laughs> okay, let me think. The weirdest oh. thing. Oh, I loved. Okay, so we had conferences on. We use a, a learning management system called Schoology. Uh, yeah. And um, it has conferences embedded in it. So kind of like a Zoom meeting, but it's different. You know, it had its own Zoom system, technically. So the kids would get on. And this was all new to them because, of course, we'd never had anything like this. They'd never had Zoom meetings. They never had whatever. So the great, awesome thing was, so we're getting on these conferences and the kids discover the chat and they see the chat and they're like, so they, you know, one kid starts typing or whatever, and I'm talking and I'm teaching and whatever. And so they start typing like explicit and inappropriate things in the chat for some reason, thinking that I don't see it and that I'm not reading everything they're typing <laughs> and that their name's not showing up next to anything they're typing. Oh, no. So of course, you know, I just, I kind of let it roll or whatever, but I, I record the whole conference because I record anything I do because I'm someone that anything I say or do, I'm me. So you're going to, you can always hear whatever I say or do. I would record myself in the classroom. I have no qualms with that. Make sure that people so, understand um, that what you're doing, you're not afraid. No, I'm not. I never have been. And, you know, people were all complaining years ago when they wanted to put uh, cameras in the classroom. I'm not. I am who I am. My sarcasm is part of my life. I'm whatever. But I tell the kids, I'm like, this is awesome. And I tell them at the end, I was like, I have recorded this whole conference and documented your chat. And let me tell you, we have a chat again in three days. And if you do not show up and do what you're supposed to, this whole chat is being sent to your parents. And, <laughs> I love it. I and, love and, it. and at the end, there was just silence, no typing, no trying to talk, no anything. And it was, I will see you on Thursday, Mrs. Conley. And that was it. Nice. <laughs> that was yeah. a beautiful little whip crack right there. I do, I do. And guess what? They were all there on Thursday. And what about you, Franz? What's the weirdest? I mean, you you <clears throat> said that kids were playing video games while in a meeting. But was that the I weirdest? Mean, I was too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the beginning. But mine wasn't actually with children. It was with a, an adult. Um, I'm also a therapeist mentor, so one of the job, one of my job duties that I had to have a weekly supervision. So, um, so we have a Zoom call. So the guy calls probably like two minutes late, sends me the link. So I sign in, and we're talking, and I'm like, no, he's not sitting in his recliner. Okay, cool, whatever. Like, but there's a lot of light. That's a towel. Like, holy crap! He's taking a shit. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm like, you couldn't even turn off the video? Like, he's talking to me. And I'm like, no, he's not taking shit. He's probably doing something. He's probably fixing something under the sink. Like, no, he's really taking shit. And so, like, probably, like, five minutes later, he did that little lean to the side. And you're like, wow, oh. Two with the white. Wow. <laughs> he went all the way with this. Oh, man. And it, it was trying to be, you know, you would, you know, the reason I knew it was a lean because, you know, there's tiles. So you see, it's very evident that he's leaning. And I'm like, I'll talk to my wife, like, yo, he's taking a shit during my meeting. Because <laughs> it's one on one, it's him and I. And I'm like, 
he got it to me. Then he leaves, doesn't wash his hands. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, how's everything going? Uh, man, things are good, you know. Just, they ain't going oh, right. A regular day, pun intended. Yep, just regular, <laughs> regular shit, man. I'm like, oh my god, I saw everything. I did, you know, you can tell when someone's in the bathroom. The mm-hmm. lighting is super bright. There's the tiles are different, and I'm like, yeah. Most of most that people don't have cool. tiles in their bedroom, so you know, they make that. Yeah, you know, but yeah, that that was the most interesting thing that's happened to me. I mean, besides you know, being in a one of, another one was um. I was in a counselor's meeting, and it was like on a, on a Tuesday, and somebody had used their um, school email on Zoom, and they had their name as something something super dildo during the meeting, Whoa. and it was like, Whoa. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what game y'all were playing or joke, but it was my first time in a meeting. I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he, he logged off he didn't even switch his name he logged off and came back with his real name I was like I know your name now I know I had a work conference that I used uh, well you because I have a lot of these apps well before I had to use them for work so mm-hmm. I'm not using Michael Lamarick everywhere it's either Ms. Knight or Gorilla Bunk or something else and this meeting, it was something else. Um, I forget what it was. Was it the righteous hand of God slapping? <laughs> it was something weird. And I'm in a meeting with a bunch of um, other IT people who were uh, going through this. Well, it's it's kind of like a webinar. And somebody was like, and wow, this is a great day. We have the righteous hand of God in here with us. And I was like, <laughs> Oh shit! I forgot to clear that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's something different. Mm-hmm. Nice, but I'm just lucky that nobody seemed to be able to point out who it was until much later. Am I? And I'm like, no, no, that wasn't me. That was that was my son. You used my account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Soapbox presented by Isla Powell and streamed over hyphen podcast nation whatever that is now um or hyphen universe angel thank you for coming back and making some time oh you're welcome anytime bronze thank you for coming back and making time oh you know anytime man mark the kidnapping continues you know what it is yes gang gang <laughs> All right, have a good night, guys. All right, man, you too. This, this is, is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?